What is going on? Welcome to the Run Bum Podcast. It is your boy, Scotty Pants, Scott Abshire here. Uh, we're doing a solo episode today, which means just me, myself, no Sean Blanton, no talk of 300 Ultras, no expert advice, just some uh, ramblings from a guy that DNF'd his last race. Um, I'm here in my log cabin, as you can see behind me if you're watching the video. And uh, I've been tripping over my drop bags or drop boxes um, for the past like three weeks. And uh, today's the day to actually unbox them and just put them away. So I thought I would take this time to just kind of talk about how I prepped for this race. Um, like I said, I ended up DNFing it um, at mile 70. Uh, I went out with a pretty ambitious goal. Um, my A minus goal was to do it in under 18 hours and leading up in training, I was feeling really good. Um, that eight minute, 30 second pace was feeling really achievable. Um, so as some would say, I went out a little hot, um, but I was feeling good. Um, I still don't regret it. Um, you know, my, my a plus goal was somewhere in the 16 hour to 18 hour range. Um, and I still know it's achievable. Um, uh, story for another day, but I know that was all hip mobility issues. Um, I am the guy that gets out of his car and goes and just immediately starts running. Um, I don't stretch. I don't do yoga. I don't do Pilates. My sister is a Pilates instructor. I don't do any of that stuff. Um, and I know that I should, um, at around mile 50, um, I just started getting a nagging pain in my hip and it wasn't like an injury. It was just overuse and it became to the point where I couldn't run fast. Then it became to the point where I couldn't even really do the ultra shuffle. Um, I ended up um, having to walk more and I just knew my goal was out of sight. Um, easily could have finished the race. Not easily, but I know I could have finished the race. I only had 30 more miles, but my goal was to finish in 18 hours. And at that point it would have been 20, 21 hours. Um, and I wasn't there for a belt buckle. I wasn't there to, uh, to bloat about, um, bloat, no boast, boast is probably a better word, huh? About how I, you know, finished a hundred miles. Um, that's not what I was there for. I was out to achieve a, a strong goal and I failed. Um, but where I think I didn't fail was my preparation. Um, this was my first race in a long time that I actually followed a strict, uh, 16 week training plan, much like the one that is on the run bum, uh, website, which is a 20 week training plan, but it is free on the website. Um, uh, very similar to that. Um, and I can actually go on my screen here in a second and show everyone what that briefly looks like. But again, um, didn't really want to talk about that. I kind of want to just talk about how I planned to, um, crew and aid myself. Um, I do know that, having pacers might've helped. I couldn't have had pacers at the beginning. So there was really no one there to slow me down, but I didn't want to slow down. Um, but you know, maybe on that second leg of the race there, you know, having motivation, having someone to talk to just someone running alongside me would have helped me finish at my time. But honestly, the way my leg was feeling, I don't think that would have even helped. Um, um, another thing is, is, uh, you know, like, I don't think that having crew to hand me water bottles to hand me aid in this situation would have really benefited me. And that's what I really want to talk about today is how I plan to, um, to run this race without crew. 
So yeah, I mean, I see so many racers out there that just have, you know, loving, supporting families, friends, um, you know, full sprinter vans, full of people there just to support them. And I think that is absolutely awesome. Um, I'm the type of person that I don't really want people to crew for me. I, 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 I like it, but I feel like it's an inconvenience on people. I feel like ultra running is a very niche sport. Um, we do it because we love it. But, you know, at the end of the day, you finish 100 miles and you get a belt buckle. Like, you know, I'm not winning a $5,000 cash prize that I can then pay out crew people. Um, you know, so first off, like, I can't really afford to have, to be able to pay people, pay for flights, pay for hotels, rental cars for, for more people. Most of the time when I go and do these races on my own, I'm sleeping in the back of my car. So if anyone wants to crew me and join me in the back of the Subaru, I more than welcome it. Um, the DM comment below. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so, I mean, I, I think it's awesome that people have these support groups that go out and crew. Um, but I want you guys to know that you don't need to have crew to successfully finish a race and to have to successfully finish a race in good time. Um, and I really figured out a system on this last race that really worked well for me. And I think it'll work well for you, t- for you as well. Um, so basically we're going to hop into it now. Um, I'm going to try and talk through this as much as possible, but I will be sharing my screen. So if you are listening to the podcast and you want to actually look along, um, check it out on the run bum races, YouTube page, which we will link in the podcast descriptions below. Um, but I'll, I'll try and um, just talk through this as well, just for the audio podcast for you guys out there driving along. Um, hopefully, uh, on your long run listening to this. Um, but, uh, yeah, so basically Tunnel Hill is a flat race. Um, and it's an out and back in two different directions. So you start at the starting line, you go south about 13 miles, and you come back north, and that's 26 miles you hit the starting line. At that point, you've already hit one drop bag, which is close to the turnaround spot at around 12 miles, and then you have another drop bag at the start-finish line. Um and then you go north up to the actual tunnel hill and right around there at the turnaround, which is another 12 miles, you have another drop bag and you come back, you hit the starting line. You lather, rinse, repeat, and you do that again. So I had three drop bags and I was able to hit them one, seven times. So basically one thing that I, the first thing that I think is awesome about this race is that they allow you to actually have a uh, drop bags that are boxes. So I used little Rubbermaid totes um, about the size of a shoebox. It worked perfectly for me. Um, it latches closed. I know it's not going to open up, but all of my contents could there uh, be inside of it. Um, so one thing that I had uh, noticed in the past, and I see this working and running all these races that we do, um, a lot of people will have drop bags, and it's just a gong show of stuff in there. There's gels, there's the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, there's a a headlamp, there's spare batteries, and there's all these just different random things in one bag. And if it's the typical, you know, gallon Ziploc bag, it gets kind of cumbersome and you get to that drop bag and you're kind of like pulling out stuff, just looking for it. So immediately I knew that I needed things to be organized. I wanted to spend less than, you know, hopefully two minutes at each aid station. Um, 
And so I wanted to get in, grab the stuff I needed and get out. So, um, I loved the, uh, the concept of being able to use these boxes. Um, uh, you know, I was able to put in jackets, gloves, headlamps, spare batteries. Um, I wasn't too concerned about having spare shoes and stuff like that. Um, I'm kind of one of those hope for the best people. Um, but also, you know, I was able to have that start finish, which is where you also park your car. So if I desperately needed some extra gear that I didn't have, I could always go to my car and grab it. Um, you would always have that option. I know that. And this is a flat race. It's not a mountainous race. I'm not trying to hide trekking poles and stuff like that. So this concept really works well, um, for, for this type of race. Um, but basically since I was able to hit each drop bag each time, let me go ahead and minimize this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pocket Dates, your perfect companion for the trail, the track, and beyond. Specially crafted for ultra runners, training runs, and those epic mountain adventures. With just two dates, you get a powerhouse of 110 calories and 30 grams of energizing carbs, a natural fuel that fits right in your pocket. Deliciously sweet and satisfying, Pocket Dates are the ultimate snack to keep you going. Whether you're conquering the peaks or pounding the pavement, Make every step count with the nutrition you need right in the palm of your hand. Pocket Dates. Fuel your journey wherever it takes you. Grab yours today and taste the power of nature. All right. So you guys should be able to see my screen here. And we can see that it is a spreadsheet titled Tunnel Hill 100. This is my aid station matrix for myself. Um, you'll see over here on the left, we have Vienna Park, uh, Karnak, and Tunnel Hill in different colors. Those are where all of my drop bags would be. Vienna Park is the start-finish line, Karnak is the southern turnaround, and Tunnel Hill is the northern turnaround. Those are the three spots that I'm able to get drop bags. Um, and I believe there were seven total times I would hit those, so I had seven different times to get my drop bags. Um, but on this spreadsheet, um, uh, I really like uh, doing spreadsheets. I love formulas. I love having all the data there. Um, but you can see here total miles, uh, miles from previous. So um, I leave the start line. Uh, it takes 5.5 miles to get to Heron Lake, um, which is basically just a normal aid station. I don't have a drop bag there, but in another 5.4 miles, I get to Karnak. Karnak is 10.9 miles away. I also have RX duration which is basically my prescribed duration of how long I think it'll take me to get there at my goal pace. Uh, my goal pace, which was my A- minus pace, was uh, for the 18-hour finish time, which would have been, uh, let's see down here at the bottom, uh, 10 minutes and 48 seconds is my elapsed pace. So that includes stopping at aid stations, if I have to go to the bathroom, any of that, my overall average time needs to be 10 minutes and 48 seconds pace. So definitely need to run a little bit faster than that because you are going to spend some time at aid stations. Um, but here is where uh, things got a little interesting with how I organized my drop bags. So again, I had three drop bags, was able to hit them seven different times. I did not want to walk up to a drop bag or a drop box in this instance um, and have to just reach in there grabbing random things and she was like, okay, I need, I need tailwind. I need this. I need that. I wanted to walk in, grab what I needed and get going. 
So what I decided to do, I put everything in one quart Ziploc bags. So if you're looking at the spreadsheet here, I have refill liquid, which I would refill at the aid station. All I did was run with one flask and a uh, waist belt. Um, so I would refill my flask and then grab to drink, grab to consume, eat at aid station, and then just random notes. Um, so I relied heavily on Tailwind, which is a uh, liquid-based nutrition powder. Um, most of you have probably heard of it, but one serving is 100 or 200 calories. I should know this. Um, calories and then 25 grams of carbohydrates. Um, normally, I take a double serving, um, but this time I decided to just go with single servings and take more more often. Um, but I would do Tailwind, and then I would also add Met. Uh, then I would also add Redmond Relight, which is basically just electrolytes. Um, I, I'm a heavy salt intake person, um, so I would I figured out what I needed per hour, and that's what I made into that um, the, the that little package. Um, so you can see here that um, I'm going to grab a Tailwind and then put that in my flask immediately, and then I will also grab two more servings and put those in my waist belt to get me to the next drop bag. I will also grab to consume. Um, I love eating dates. Um, I think they're a great source of nutrition on runs as long as you can stomach them. Um, they're very simple. It's, I believe two dates is 150 calories and 30 grams of carbs um, and not a whole lot of fiber. Um, so if you're looking for something solid to chew on, I tend to like those. Um, I rely on those first and then I will switch over to like spring gels or something like that. Um, and then I like also just having those little ginger chews. They're kind of just like candies. Um, but so, yeah, this is my first bag. Um, and you can see here, um, I don't use the individual servings of Tailwind because, A, they're expensive and they're also double servings. If you're using Tailwind and you're using the um, individual servings, um, just know that those are double servings. I like those because it's um, high calories and you get 50 grams of carbs. So if you're putting that into a bigger flask, um, it's great for a, a little bit longer distance, but, um, I basically made my servings of exactly what I needed here. Um, so basically I would take one of these, fill it up in my water bottle, grab two more, put them in my waste pack and get going. But, um, yeah, any other food would go in here. Anything else that I would need was, I would just grab. But what I think was, um, kind of crucial for me is I also put just an index card with notes on it. Um, and I honestly didn't really look at these that much, but the night before writing them, making this spreadsheet, it really, it's kind of like studying. It really ingrained in, uh, in me of like, okay, I knew when I got to mile 10.9, I would look at here and I would see, what do I have next? Um, I have, it, it would just say, okay, you have, you know, five miles, the next aid, aid station, which is just, you know, it's going to have food, water, blah, blah, blah. And then it's going to take this. And then it's going to take you approximately two hours to get to your next drop back. Um, I would also put notes for me um, to if I needed to grab a headlamp, grab a jacket um, when it's getting into nighttime. I would put any notes I needed just to remind myself um, what I needed. Is Everything is on this card. Um, this was actually for mile... This is where I dropped. So this would have been mile 76 aid station. So I ended up not using this one. Um, but yeah, this is what my drop bag looked like. Um, I'll go to an overhead view and just kind of like talk about what's in the drop bags. But I would put in 
anything that I needed. So um, in the middle of the day, I had sunscreen just in case that I didn't use it. Um, I have spare batteries, um, cookies, uh, little chip things if I want them. Uh, like didn't have a whole lot, but I would have my headlamp in here. If I'd, um, I I'd ditched my gloves in here, I had spare gloves and another Dropbox. Um, but here it go. This is basically it. And this is amazing. So um, this really worked out well for me. Um, I don't think that, like I said, if I had crew, it would have been nice, but I don't think it would have even saved me any time. Um, Tunnel Hill did a really great job of having the drop bags and drop boxes laid out. So when I got into an aid station, um, everything was easily right there. Um, some races you go to, you have to let a volunteer know and they grab it for you. Um, um, I could just walk up to the tarp, walk up to my drop box and just grab what I needed and go. So I didn't have to like, there was, it honestly, I felt like it saved me time. Um, but yeah, so let me see here. I actually made a label. There we go. Um, so these are all of my drop bags. This actually really shows really well, um, what I had. So Vienna, which was the start finish line, Karnak and then Tunnel Hill here. So Vienna, I would hit that drop bag three times. Karnak, I would hit twice. Tunnel Hill, I would hit three times. Um, and then you have here, I have what I have labeled as um, A1, A2, A3, A4. Those are all of my tailwind mixes because I was putting those into smaller Ziplocs again because I didn't use the um, prepackaged um tailwind um I, I i separated out also it's just cheaper that way you buy the big bag it's a lot cheaper um but everything i needed is in this column here so my first drop bag these are not in uh chronological order this is just in order of where um they are so vienna um the first time i got there that would have been mile 26 um but in there i would i had two things a tailwind i had dates ginger chews um, eat at aid station, um, Chiba. Um, that is a CBD gummy that I like to take every once in a while. Um, then I also have in main bag just in case. So, um, I wouldn't put these in the individual drop bag or sub drop bags. This would be in the actual just drop box itself, but I had servings of Siete, um, chips. They're basically grain free chips. Um, I like the cinnamon ones. They're sweet. They're salty. Um, I had uh, plantain chips, which I really love as a sweet and salty, or just a salty snack, um, and cookies. Um, I would also here, you can see, I would have my headlamp there. I would have random things of uh, spring uh, energy gels. Um, I did take caffeine during this race, um, so I relied on the spring gels to give me my caffeine. Um, they have a coffee-flavored one um, and another flavor. I forget which one it is, but the, that's like a raspberry. Um, so you get your calories and you get, I think, 45 milligrams of caffeine. Um, I looked into what is acceptable to take while running and then also taking in caffeine. Um, I feel like I could have gotten in more caffeine and spread it out throughout the rest of the race. Um, some people kind of worry about doing that, but I feel like if I would have taken a little bit more caffeine a little bit more often, that wouldn't have helped my leg, but it would have helped with energy. I did feel some lulls in energy. Um, especially towards the end. Um, yeah. Boom. So yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. This is going to be a short podcast. Um, 
I really just wanted to, to like just just hit home the fact that like just because you see people with these massive crews and support systems for these races, it doesn't mean you need it. Um, especially if it's a shorter race, if it's a 50 mile, hundred K, um, 50 K, like, you know, it's fantastic if your family, friends, loved ones can come help you out for, uh, for a race, but you don't need it. It's easy to self-support. Um, especially when you have these amazing races that, um, have, have aid stations. Um, there was like, there were times where I was having to beat away volunteers because I wasn't ready to fill my water bottle up yet. I'm having to get my, my powder out and pour it in. They're there trying to take the water bottle from me and pour in like, What do you need? What do you need? So like when you get to these races, you have a support system already. You have, you have the aid station volunteers that are there that are willing to help you with whatever. If you need something from your, uh, your back, uh, your backpack, uh, they'll, they'll grab it for you. Like they'll, they'll do whatever. I and mean, they won't do whatever. Let me, let me rephrase that. They will not have asked. Um, but, uh, they will do a lot of things. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so like if you have an organized system, um, some people like to just have not even really rely on uh, drop bags. If it's a 50 K, I usually won't do a drop bag. Um, I'll just wear my, my running vest and have everything I need in the back. So as I'm getting to the aid station, you know, like maybe you start walking a little bit, you got the last hundred yards, you start walking, you take your vest off, swing it around. Sometimes I'll wear it backwards. So it's in front of me. I have it opened up and I'm grabbing out what I need. And so by the time that I get to the aid station, I'm refilling my water bottle. I'm, I'm already eating. I'm doing whatever I need. I'm in the aid station, zip my bag back up, spin it around, put it on me and go. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so like if you have a drop bag, it's great. Um, just the main thing is, is to be organized. Whatever, you don't have to do this method that I'm talking about, but just be organized and have a plan. Um, don't kind of just wing it the night before. Like if you know, um, estimated that you're, it's going to take you two hours to get to this thing. So you're going to need X amount of calories in between this and that. So like make a spreadsheet, scribble it on the back of a cocktail napkin at the bar, um, the weekend before whatever works for you, do it. Um, but yeah, guys, so that's basically it. Um, one thing I will say, um, if you do use crew, um, just know that sometimes it is harder for the crew than it is the runner. Um, when you're doing these long hundred mile races and you have, you have these people driving around following you, like just remember, they're not getting any sleep either. They're, hitting you at, at mile, whatever, and then they're hopping in their car and they're having to drive on this dirt road on the long, on the, at the side of a mountain sometimes and four wheel drive to get to wherever you are at 2 AM. And then they give you a water bottle and your trekking poles and you go on your way. And then they go to the next place. Like just, just know that it is, it, it's a full-time job for them as well. Um, and I just, I think it's awesome to have that support system, but I'm here to tell you, you don't always need it. So with that being said, guys, go out there, cross the trails, have a fantastic weekend wherever you are, whenever you're listening to this. Um, we do have uh, Cloudland Canyon coming up this weekend for Run Bum Races. We also have Helen Holiday Half Marathon uh, coming up next weekend um, as a team. We're all really excited about those two races. Um, Helen's always a great one for us. We get a lot of new trail runners. Um, and for us, it's the last race of the year. It's a shorter distance, so we're done we're having a good time it's always a little party vibe at the finish line um 
But uh, yeah, get out there, guys. Crush the trails. Um, and uh, yeah, remember, bend, don't break. See you on the next one.